You know, relationship is never always easy. It's like sailing a boat. You're going to sail across the seas, but you're going to have stormy weather. You're going to have, you know, doldrums. You're going to have, you know, great weather. You're going to have clear sailing. You're going to have, you know, horrible sailing. You're going to have times when you have fish. You're going to have times when you have nothing. It's like you got to have the ability to sail through the waters of life without the necessity of believing something that is not true. Welcome to the Relationships Done Different podcast. I am one of your hosts, Paula Peralta, and it is my pleasure to share this conversation with you. We have the founder of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas, with us today, and he is talking about divorceless relationships. I love this conversation because it's basically ground zero for relationships in looking at what have you defined as relationship, what else is possible with relationship that you've never even considered, and the fun and play and possibilities that are available. So enjoy the episode, and if you love it, let us know. Okay, so what's on the agenda for today, Miss Paula? Well, Mr. Douglas, we are um, currently Zooming around the world to have a conversation around relationships done different. And this... Do we want to record this? Are we? Yeah, I was going to say, are we ready to start? Yeah. Are we? Well, okay, Gary says All yes, right. so let's go. <laughs> All right. Let me hit the record button and then you can explain everything. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Divorceless Relationships Book Club presented by Relationships Done Different and Access Consciousness. My name is Paula Peralta and I will be one of your hosts over the next several sessions and we are kicking off with none other than the Gary Douglas who is one of the co-authors of Divorceless Relationships. Hello Gary. Hello Paula. How are you sweet thing? You're looking very pretty today. Uh, thank you. Such In fact, all the ladies look very pretty, as always. It's funny, that consciousness thing, right? You just keep getting yeah. better and better, and greater and greater. <laughs> better looking and better looking and better looking. It's a sad commentary, but, you know, somebody has to live it. <laughs> I choose. Pick me. That's what I said. Pick me. Okay, pick me. Yes. All right. <laughs> cool. So for those of you, just a couple of little things to note. Um, for those of you that are zooming in, we have over 6,000 people and we are currently for these first three calls translating into multiple languages. So check your zoom link if you are looking for your language. And also there is a telegram thread that Becky has popped in. Betsy's popped in. Um, this is where all of the up to the minute information is going to live over the course of this series. So <clears throat> make sure that you are in that telegram thread. If you haven't joined last, I checked, there were a little over 2000 people. So that tells me that some of you haven't registered and haven't joined the threads, So <laughs> get over there to get all the information. Okay. So Gary, you are kicking us off. Like I said, as the co-author of divorceless relationships, cool. thank you so, so much for being here. And I just want to talk to you about relationships, as does everyone else, apparently, based on the questions that came in. <laughs> okay. So first, why don't you, why don't we start by talking about, like, what is divorceless relationships, or what does that even look like? Well, divorceless relationship is where you realize that, see, one of the things I became aware of is that 
people would get in relationships and it stopped being them. They would change when they got in a relationship. And I kept saying, why are they changing when they get in a relationship? You liked each other to begin with. Why wouldn't you continue to be who you got together with? And I realized finally that a whole lot of it has to do with the fact that people think there are certain things they can't share about their lives and themselves. And if you don't think you can share something about yourself, then you cut that off so that you don't have to share that. You don't have to be that. And you think you can do without it. And it's like, you can't do without being you. You can't be without being you. You can't accomplish without being you. You can't create without being you. you Got to have all of that. I mean, there you go. That is a very direct and to the point explanation of divorceless relationships, which I love. Um, one of the things for those of you that haven't yet purchased your copy of Divorceless Relationships, it's available um, digitally as well as um, through the Access Consciousness shop. We'll pop the link in for you as well in the Telegram chat. So make sure you go there. <laughs> um, one of the things, Gary, that you mentioned in this first chapter, <clears throat> exactly what you said, you say, when you give up any part of yourself, you give up what was so attractive about you to that other person. And pretty soon the other person doesn't want to be with you anymore. Correct. <laughs> and so when you look at this thing of um, a lot, based on a lot of the questions, a lot of people go to the romantic relationship, right? Like they go to, with well, a that's an image of what they think, you know, think romance is. And it's like you fall in love and you live happily ever after. How many of you out there have fallen in love and lived happily ever after? Is that a truth or a figment of imagination? A you know, relationship is never always easy. It's like sailing a boat. You're going to sail across the seas, but you're going to have stormy weather. You're going to have, you know, doldrums. You're going to have, you know, great weather. You're going to have clear sailing. You're going to have, you know, horrible sailing. You're going to have times when you have fish. You're going to have times when you have nothing. It's like you got to have the ability to sail through the waters of life without the necessity of believing something that is not true. Hmm. Love that. One of the questions <clears throat> that you talk about that might, may or may not, you, you tell me, be a contribution to that sailing stormy seas is what am I really choosing in this relationship and what could I be choosing? Yes. So can you talk a little bit about um, one, being aware of what it is that you're choosing and two, being aware of possibilities that are available that you're not choosing? Well, you know, for me, it's like I looked at you know, I looked at my relationship and it wasn't working. It wasn't working well. It was like she was always angry. She was always upset. She was always, you know, having a problem with me. And I went, okay, what are the eight things we'd have to change for this relationship to work for me? And I took down the list and I went, okay, so if I ask her to change, could she do this? And it was interesting to see that only two of the things that I could ask her to change was she capable of changing. The rest, we're asking the leopard to change its spots because she decided those other six, six, six things were who she was. You know, what if we didn't have who we were? What if we could create ourselves in every moment, which we can? If you, can't, if you created yourself in every moment, what kind of amazing things would you create? What kind of things would you choose? What would be correct for you? 
So it sounds to me like you're talking about something called choice in relationships. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. You got to have choice in relationship and you got to know you're doing it by choice. The people that I've known that had good relationships, they chose their relationships and they chose every 10 seconds mm. what they were going to do. You know, it's like my old friend, Mary, when she was married, her husband would go, okay, that's, you know, the complaint department is closed, Mary, which meant we will not discuss this any longer because she was like most women I know. And she would argue to the death, the rightness of her point of view. I know none of you guys do that. Right. I would um, okay. So I actually love that because you talked about her husband, Mary's husband saying, okay, Mary, we've discussed this and the complaints department is now closed. And I think that's a really great pragmatic example of not giving yourself up in relationship, being willing yes. to hear what the other person's saying and looking at, okay, what, what's available here? What can this, change? This is not going to work. We're not going to, you know, it's like, you're not going to change my point of view. I'm not going to change your point of view. Let's move on. <laughs> you know, and realistically, that's the way you want to live your life is to have a place where you just move on when you can't come to agreement. Mm. Not that you have to argue with it. You know, it's like and I, my ex-wife, her point of view was she had to argue with me until I agreed with her. And if I didn't agree with her, then I was wrong. Period. Nothing else. <laughs> okay, so you brought up something that people may or may not be familiar with, which is living in 10 second increments. So yes. can you talk to us about living in 10 second increments and how that can contribute to divorceless relationships? Well, if you live in 10 second increments, you're not trying to come to a conclusion about what our relationship is. You know, it's like I see people who say, oh, yes, I've got a great relationship. I have one lady who came to my class and she was saying, I have a great relationship. I want you to change everything, but not my relationship. <laughs> After she got a lot of change, she suddenly found out her husband had been having an affair for two years and wanted to leave her. But she thought she had a great relationship because he never argued with her. Mm. Yes. And I think <clears throat> I love you looking at that, talking about that 10 second increment thing, because so often um, when we, <laughs> When we are not willing to look at the, the one thing, that's yeah. often the thing that can open up so many possibilities, not just in that one area of our life, but in so many areas of our life. And True. if we're willing to not be solid <laughs> or not go into conclusion, like you said, then there's a lot more space it needs to create, not, well, not just in that one area. Yeah, the greatest mistake we make is going, oh my God, this is the most perfect person for me. <laughs> Uh, why is that person the most perfect person what makes them the perfect person see it's like i don't see that there's any perfect people on planet earth personally but that's me i'm the most perfect person everybody should want me not you know so it's like the thing is it's like what makes them a perfect person and you keep looking for that perfect person to be with as though that's what will create the perfect relationship but it doesn't. All it does is create the most incredible possibility for fuck up that exists on the earth. And I don't think that's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think that's what you think you're going for, but that may be exactly what you're going mm -hmm. for. 
Mm. And which goes back to that original question of what am I really choosing here? And what else could I choose? Yeah. And what would you really like to choose? And it's like, I, you know, told people to write down one of the things I did with my first wife, I had written down a list of all the things I wanted my relationship to be. She was all of those things, but she was also a lot of other things that I didn't want. I realized, oh, you got to write both sides of your list. What you do not want in a relationship, what you do want in a relationship. I did that with my second wife. And for the most part, it could have worked out, except she believed that fighting was the greatest gift in the world. And she would always fight for the rightness of her point of view as against mine, not fight together. I asked, the one thing I put on my list is somebody who would fight life's battles with me. And she fought every battle with me, not on my side, but with me. I love that. It was a constant state of conflict. (laughs) You got to be aware of what you're asking for, because if you're not aware of what you're asking for, you're going to ask for something that's exactly the opposite of what you desire. I love that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Be aware of what you ask for, um, because it might just come true. So I actually love that as home play. And I'm going to call that out more specifically for everyone that's watching this now or in the future. If you have a list, Gary isn't telling you to throw out the list. He's saying get clear on the list and make sure that you're asking for what you desire and also maybe what you don't desire. Yes, ask for what you don't desire in a relationship as much as what you do desire in a relationship, because if you have that, then you will get everything you desire and everything you don't desire won't show up. But everything you don't desire shows up when you don't ask for the list of what you don't want to show up. (laughs) Easy. It's so so simple. It's so much simpler. (laughs) You know, it's like I know people who have, you know, who love their relationships and they do really well. And I look at him, I go, I would not want that relationship. That is not what I would want in a relationship. And you have to look at what you would want in a relationship, what none of the people have. You know, and I have always been of the, you know, the point of view. I look around and I see what I think is beautiful that people have in their lives. You know, whether it's the relationship or the furniture or whatever, whether they have this beautiful in their lives and would I like that. You know, like Dane wears really outrageous shirts okay and outrageous clothes he looks great in them i tried some of them i can't wear them i don't look that good in them because i'm not as young and pretty as he is when i was young and pretty i could get away with that thing now i'm old and not so pretty, so i don't get away with those but i still dress better than most people can we dig into that a little bit more because so like we're talking about all the different relationships and i think you bring up a really good point about your relationship with your body and specifically dressing. I've heard you speak to this before and it's so brilliant. Um, How the thing about dressing your body and wearing what your body wants to wear, like how is that a contribution to us? Well, it's like if you listen to your body and you do what it asks and you dress according to what it desires, it will look better and you will get more compliments and people will think better of you will think better of you, will think better of you. You want people to think better of you, not worse of you. (laughs) What do you mean, Gary? Well, it's like I watch people. I've seen, should probably not be saying this, but I will anyway. I always do. Uh, 
I see women that are a little dirty. that are quite heavy set who wear spandex to go to the market because <laughs> it's comfortable. Yet as they walk, you can see every ripple in their butt. They don't notice what they look like from behind. They only look like look from what they can see in front. And they wear something in front that makes them look quite nice. But from behind, it ain't quite nice. And they don't get that people see that what passes by them in all aspects, not just the image they're creating. They dress according to their front side, not their backside. I try to dress according to the front side and the backside. And the left and the right. Yes, I want to see how I look on the left. I want to see how I look on the right and stand up, stand, sit down, fight, fight, fight. You know, <laughs> I want cheerleaders on my side. <laughs> well, I think it's cool that you're talking so much about just like the awareness of what sort of effect we're having in the world and what invitation we can be, even with our bodies and in the willingness to have ease with that relationship. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that was easy is like, uh, Georgia came over to the house this morning to help me set up for this thing and Brett and they were talking about how amazing our the house is and I said yeah but I see it's like I do house I decorate my house according to the way I see them decorate sets mm. so that the visual is a different visual in each direction because I watched how they would do sets to create different effects and I didn't do it from just one point of view. They did it from multiple points of view. When I sit in my house, I sit in a different chair each time to see what I need to change to make that vision prettier. And what if we were willing to look at all of our relationships from that perspective? You should. <laughs> so like how sit in a different chair every day, energetically, maybe yeah. actually in your house in your all actually your sit in a different place and look at your relationship from a different point of view mm -hmm. how is this going what is this like what is this going to create what uh, what do i truly want in a relationship what i truly desire what's really going to work for me and what's really cool about that is that so often we look for the end game in our relationship you mentioned people that are looking to create the perfect relationship or my relationship yeah. is perfect don't touch it but when you're willing to look at it constantly and see what needs to change, it's already beautiful. I've been to your home. It's stunning. And it's such Thank an invitation. And it's really cool to see, to hear you say, and I'm constantly asking, how can this get greater? Yes, because I look, I sit and I look out the window and I look at what I see and I go, okay, that, oh, there's a, there's a weed that died. That needs to come out. <laughs> you know, and I don't have the point of view that it's wrong that there's a weed there. I have the point of view it needs to come out. And when I look around the house, it's like I look at a table and I look at the way things are arranged. And I go, okay, that needs to change because that's not a great setup. Well, I have a piece of ivory that somebody put on my coffee table because they wanted to put flowers on my side table. I don't like it there. I would rather have a different set of flowers on the coffee table than have the ivory moved. Because first of all, the ivory is an amazing carving that's beautiful. And it's like and nowadays, of course, they've made ivory illegal. So they take all this great art that was created by great craftsmen who could carve ivory. And it's like, you have to be brilliant to carve stone, to carve ivory, to carve anything. 
but they'll destroy it now because you can't use ivory. What? It's like never destroy art is my point of view. Amen. I'm right there with yep. you. And if you have the art of relationship and your relationship works for you, that's great. And there's only three things you need in a good relationship. Number one, they provide some contribution to your money flows. <coughs> Whether that is they give you money, they add money, or their presence allows you to make more money. Okay? Number two, they allow you to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it the way you want to do it. <laughs> and don't expect you to change. <coughs> and number three, you allow them to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it the way they want to do it, and you don't ask them to change. You got those three things? Oh, and the fourth one is, and they're good in bed. <laughs> if they ain't good in bed, bye-bye. Find somebody else. There's always somebody better. What I love about each of these little tidbits that you're putting out, which are actually massive tools for change for those of you that are watching. Yes. <laughs> they will absolutely change your life and all of your relationships again and again and again and again. <laughs> and even people, people even if you ask it with, you know, would this person be fun to have sex with, with a relationship as a friend, would this person be fun to have sex with, you will be freer with them and they will be freer with you than other people will be. Mm. You want to ask it whether you're going to have sex or not. Sex is always a choice. And I've also heard you talk a lot about how sex is, we make it about putting the body parts together, but it's actually something different than that. Can you say actually to receiving <laughs> it's about receiving, you know, it's like when you can have sex with somebody, you can receive all of who they are without a judgment. When you can receive all of who somebody is without a judgment, they will like you better than they like other people. That's a mic drop. <laughs> yes, it is a mic drop moment. That's so good. Um, okay, so one of the other things that I would love for you to talk more about that you mentioned is the five elements of intimacy. Yes. And um, you've kind of hinted at it throughout the course of our conversation, which I love, but um, can you talk a little bit more about what are the five elements of intimacy and how do they work in relationship? Well, I, off the top of my head, I've forgotten at the moment, but there's vulnerability, which is you put up no barriers to the person. Mm -hmm. You don't have to stop. Like I was explaining to somebody the other day, <coughs> with both my wives, I gave them in information about me that nobody knew. Both of them used them as weapons against me. Mm -hmm. One right at the beginning, the other one at the end. You know, they saved them to use. They considered those were transgressions, things I shouldn't have done, things that were judgeable, and they were going to use them as a weapon with people, mm. which is really nice. Not. <laughs> okay, so then can you talk about if there are people that actually question, wrote in questions about this? So if you are willing to walk through the world with total vulnerability, no walls, no barriers, knowing that there are people in the world that are going to use things against you. Yeah. How do you navigate that? Easy. Who cares? <laughs> Why do you care about what people think about you? Mm -hmm. Very few people think good of you. 
And you think they do. You know, one of the things I noticed is people will tell me about their cats and their dogs and all this stuff as though I should have some memory of it and should think better of them because of it. <coughs> I don't remember your dog's names. I don't remember your kids' names. I can barely remember your name. It's Paula. I, I, I know you, Paula. <laughs> Just kidding. If I say it at least 10 times, I will have it in my memory banks. But if I don't say it 10 times, I probably don't. Amazing. So one of the other, um, one of the five elements of intimacy that I like talking about is honor. Yes. Um, and so to, honor, you... to, to honor means to treat with regard. You mean you take the person and you treat them as a good person. See, it's like with my ex-wives, I let them have this information they could use as a weapon against me. And if they used it against me, then they weren't honoring me, were they? Mm -mm. Because they didn't, they were not on my side. To honor means that person is on your side, has your side, and is there to fight life's battles on your side, not to fight life battles against you. <laughs> and my wives were both willing to fly, you know, fight life's battles with me. They were leading the you know? charge. Yep, you know, and it's like, I would not tell people that my wives were lying when I knew they were lying. Because I wanted to treat them with honor. They would say, that's a lie <laughs> to me. But it wasn't. I wasn't lying. And that's really a cool conversation to talk about tr trust. And yeah. And that, that other, which is also one of the five elements of intimacy and knowing what people are going to choose. <laughs> yeah. Trust that the person will do what you do. You know, it's like somebody said, well, you know, it's like when I got divorced, I had a lady who called me up and she said, well, I'm ready to get together with you now. I said, I'm not. And you got to know, I don't put the toilet seat down. <laughs> she said, I'll teach you. I said, no, you won't. I'm not a, I'm not a dog. I cannot be trained. <laughs> you know, she was going to train me to put the toilet seat down. My question is, you know, and women are always saying to me, well, yes, but it, you know, it's like, you'd have to put it down because as a woman, I just need to know I can sit down and go. And I said, as a man, I sat down once and fell in the toilet and I would never do that again. I always check to see if the thing's down to this day. 50 years later, I'm still checking to see if the toilet seat's down. If you <laughs> fell in once, isn't that enough? You think. <laughs> but some people like to learn the same lesson again and again and again. No, they don't. They want the other person to learn not to have, not to make them have to learn a lesson or be aware. Ah. All right. There you go, then. Um, which brings us to a couple of the other elements of the intimacy, which are allowance and gratitude. Yes. So, so allowance is interesting point of view. See, it's like uh, with Mary, she said, I could always count on, I could always trust that my husband would fill up the gas tank. I never had to think about it because I know he would go down and check to see if the gas tank was full and take care of me. I could trust him to do his job. And he trusted I would do mine. 
he would tell me when I went out to, you know, to dinner with his, his clients, he said, okay, I need you not to talk about that metaphysical stuff, okay? And she'd go, all right, and she wouldn't. She would trust that he would tell her what he needed. He would tell her what he needed, and she would do it. You know, that's an honoring of the person. But that's also that you can trust that person will have your back and be there for you regardless. Um, one of the other things I've also heard you talk about is in the context of gratitude, the conversation around judgment, which you've already brought up. Like if you're looking to get rid of judgment in your relationship, how can we use gratitude to, to create? You cannot, you cannot have judgment and gratitude in the same world. If you're grateful for the person you're with, you cannot judge them. All you can do is look at them as they are and go, okay, well, I can trust that this person is going to open mouth and insert foot under these circumstances. <laughs> Amazing. And that's, that's the brilliance. So if you, can you say that one more time, Gary, about gratitude and judgment? Gratitude and judgment cannot live in the same universe. If you're grateful for a person, you can trust that they will do the things they do that are not what you would like them to do, but it's okay. You have to allow them to do that, and you have to be have the gratitude of the fact that they live their life as they choose to live it. Um, so one of a lot of the questions that people came came in with was around giving themselves up in relationships. So we're talking about divorces relationships, obviously here. Welcome to the conversation if you guys didn't know. But one of the things that you mention in the book is if you've been even vaguely successful in life by functioning at less than 1% of you, can you imagine what you might be if you showed up as more than 1%? Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what are we choosing that keeps us functioning at? You know, well, if you, if you judge yourself, are you choosing to function at more than 1% or less? less? See, if you spend your time judging you, you cannot function as you. If you're judging you, you got to be a different person. I mean, one of the great things is Brett walked into my house the other day and he had shoulders. I said, what have you done? He said, well, after that process you did about stupid and how I was stupidly buying my parents' points of view, it's like, he said, I realized I don't have to be less than. I was buying that I was less than, and they validated my less than always. And now he's being more than, and he's beginning to develop a chest. The next thing you know, he'll have big tits. If he chooses. Yes. Or at least packs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the visual of Brett with Brett. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so another thing that you say in this, this what percentage of you you're being, you say you keep to only 10% of your potency in order to not be hideously successful and not have way more money than you could ever spend, way more joy, way more fun, better relationships, way less trauma and drama, and a lot more ease. What would it be like if you gave up your life of misery in favor of a life of fun, joy, happiness, possibilities, choices, questions, and contributions? Yeah, what it would be like? 
Do you know that most people don't ever think that way? I mean, you're kind of different, Gary. <laughs> yes, I have discovered that. It's been a little daunting periodically when I go, really? You don't think about that? That seems so obvious to me. But just because it's obvious to me doesn't mean it's obvious to anybody else. So, I mean, I'm, hi, Brett, we love you. <laughs> so you talked about Brett making himself small to, you know, validate other people's opinions. To so, validate his parents' point of view of him. And so can you talk a little bit more about where we're hiding our potency in order to... Well, who told you what you looked like as a kid? My family. Yeah. Did they tell you you were tall and skinny and young and lovely? No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. Did they tell you you were the, the girl from Ipanema who when she goes walking, everybody goes, ah. No. No. They told you you were beautiful? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't it interesting you said, yeah, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Why did they not tell you how beautiful you were all the time? I'm not sure. Well, is it because there wasn't the, it wasn't their point of view? Yeah. But you have chosen to live your life a great deal from their point of view. Mm. What other point of view could you have? Sure. You know, and if I wasn't living from their point of view, what kind of life could I create? Mm -hmm. What am I capable of that they never saw in me? See, I looked at it and I went, what are they, what are my family not seeing in me? My mother said that I was an idiot with money and that I would always give away all my money and you know, to my friends and that kind of stuff, and that I would never have money. Guess what? I still do that today, but I don't give away all my money. I spend my money to create a future. Yeah. And I spend money to create a future. I don't spend money to just get clothes or something like that. I spend my money to create a future. Now I have this house that I built out in New Um. The Shunka house, okay? And I've spent probably a million four on it. And I figure I'll sell it for a million five. After commissions, how much do I get? Nothing. But I'll see if I can somehow wangle it so it looks like a loss. So I can t pay less taxes. <laughs> that works for me too. But yeah. see, I was looking at it like, no, nah, not for the profit, not for the loss, not for anything, but what do, what do I do with this? Now that I've got it, what do I do with it? I mean, if that's not a question for creating your life, I don't know what is. <laughs> exactly. Now that Let's I've see, got it, what do I do with it? Yeah. See, that came from a joke that I was taught when I was a kid. When I was a teenager, there was a joke. This little boy is in the backseat of his, his brother's car, and his brother goes out with his girlfriend. And... His brother says to his girlfriend, give me a piece. And she says, sure. And it's like, and they, you know, the car's rocking and rolling. And the little kid goes, holy shit, what's going on? 
So the next day he goes to the bus stop. He looks at a pretty girl and he goes, give me a piece. And she slaps him. You little perv. Okay. She goes, he goes up to another girl. Give me a piece. She goes, no. He goes up to another girl and says, give me a piece. She says, yes. And he says, now that I got it, what do I do with it? <laughs> if you haven't done it, you don't know what it is. You don't know what to do with it. You have to learn. Say more about that. Well, it's the way I function in life. I figure it's like if I have, if I have no idea what I'm asking for, but I'm asking for it when it shows up. Okay, now what? Mm. How do I use this? How do I play with this? How do I create with this? What's really true? I love that. And I, that, that question of like, what's next? So yeah. what, 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 what is it that I'd like to create with that is so much of what I'm really excited for all of us to explore with this relationships and different book club is whether you have no relationship and you desire one, whether you have a relationship and you don't desire one. Whether well, that's you know. see, that's the one thing I tried to get people to recognize. It's like you got to see: do you really want a relationship, or are you pretending you want one because that's what you're supposed to do? Especially if you're a girl. If a girl, you're supposed to want one, and if you're a boy, you're supposed to be wanted by one. Mm. It's like poor boys; they're wanted, dead or alive. <laughs> And they're the reward that women get by choosing them. What the fuck? I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> it's pretty easy to see the insanity of all of it. Yes, exactly. And that's what I see is the insanity of all of it. Because I see people very unhappy in relationships, keeping together. I mean, I watched for years, I'd go out to eat. And we'd see this old couple walk in and the man would walk in first and the woman would walk behind him and they'd sit down and they'd eat and they wouldn't talk. Mm. They'd get up, he'd leave and go pay the bill. She'd walk out behind him. Yeah, but she was 10 paces behind him. And I said, wow, that's just like, you know, one of those Asian marriages where the woman walks behind and the man walks in front and, the, you know, it's like, how is this? A beautiful thing. Yes, but look at them. They're together in their old age. Yeah, they're together and unhappy and miserable with one another. They don't even talk. Why are they together? Why would you want to be with somebody you don't talk to? So what's the target with something like divorce relationships? I mean, to you're talking about... People, I want people to stop divorcing themselves to create a relationship. I watched guys bend, staple, fold, and mutilate themselves to, to get into a relationship. I watched women bend, staple, fold, and mutilate themselves to stay in a relationship. And neither one of them is about, is this happy? Is this fun? Now, when I got divorced, I looked at the pictures and I went, wow, that was a happy time. Was the most of our lives a happy time? No. Most of our lives was a complaint time, not a happy time. Gary, are you saying that relationships should be fun? Yes, they, not, they should not be relationship. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Good point. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the invitation. 
Is it a relationship or a relationship? Yeah, exactly. Look at what it is for you. Are you in the shitter or are you off the shitter? <laughs> it does your relationship shit on you or do you shit on them? And this goes to show, ladies and gentlemen, that when Gary says he's going to keep it clean, don't believe him. Trust that at Trust some point. That Gary does not know how to keep it clean because he's always going to say what's not appropriate. <laughs> yes, I, I got a big kick because Justine, who does our PR, got me a, uh, a gig on Talk Time Radio in New Zealand. And she said, don't say anything dirty, okay? This is New Zealand. Don't ever tell me not to do something because then I have to. I just have to. I was even say, when I tell myself not to do something, I still have to. <laughs> so it's like, so I talked about teaching your kid to masturbate slowly <laughs> and gently so that he could learn how to be a better lover. Amazing. Don't let him go in the bathroom and beat off rapidly to get it over with. Mm -hmm. And the guy loved it and talked about it on the radio for 45 minutes when I was supposed to have 15. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. But I think that's like the perfect example of when you're willing to be you and you're yeah. congruent with something that you're talking about, people can't get enough of it. So you've yeah, talked about because nope, most people are not honest, you know, and I always say be bluntly honest with yourself, lie to anybody else, but be bluntly honest with yourself. Mm. And I see people choosing not to be bluntly honest with themselves. You know, bluntly honest with myself. Is this relationship working for me? Yes, no. I meet people and I go, oh, this is such a wonderful person. I wonder how this would relationship would turn out. Never mind. Because <laughs> I'm willing to be bluntly honest about it and see how it would go. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like, when I was younger, it was all about how I was pretty and therefore I would be a great catch. When I was middle-aged, it was how I was a great cunning linguist. Mm -hmm. Now that I've got my old age, it's I have money and I can take care of them the way they'd like to be taken care of. What value am I? What value am I in this relationship to this person? Mm -hmm. This person believes the best thing is to go do this. This person believes the best thing to go do this. I believe the best thing is to change the fucking world. That's a little different point of view than most people are willing to have. And they're not willing to have that as or in their relationship. Mm. Hell yeah. Love that. Um, okay, so we have just a couple more minutes, but um, okay. Gary, a lot of the questions that we had were around you and horses. And I think that this actually, to me, it, it plays My a lot true relationship. Yeah, <laughs> with relationships, with like being all of you, not divorcing yourself. So can you talk a little bit about how everything you know about relationships you've learned from your horse? Yeah. See, the one thing I know about a horse is the horse will... If they're friends with the person, they'll eat with them. If they're not, they'll kick them. <laughs> now, why wouldn't you kick the person to the side that's, you know, that's bugging you? 
Mm. You know, do you want a relationship where you're friends and you cuddle up and you scratch each other's backs and you, you know, take your tail and swish the flies off their faces and take their tail and flish, flick the flies off your, your face? You know, you know, you stand head to tail so you can take care of the flies for each other. You know, that's a trust. That's a gratitude. And it's like, that's a different way of being in the world. I trust my horse. I always ask the horse when I get on, will you take care of me? If the horse says yes, I get on him. If the horse says no, I go, okay, never mind. I don't want to ride today. I actually just heard that in a different way because you've told me that in Costa Rica, riding horses. And I always, I never waited for the horse to ask your answer. I would yeah. just said, please take care of me. Yes. You're like most women, a demanding bitch. It's so true. <laughs> that I've known for a minute, but I just saw it in a different way right now. Good. Okay. See, I always ask, will you take care of me? If it says, yes, I will. I'll get on it. You know, and it's like, and the horses can act up, but they never try to get out from under me. The one thing I noticed is when they said, no, they wouldn't take care of me. They would try and get out from under me. They were only interested in taking care of themselves and they were having a bad day. <laughs> you know, they're allowed. Yeah, they're allowed. Just like, you know, your wife should be allowed to have a bad day. Good. Go out and buy something that's ugly. Honey, it makes you happy. <laughs> that is great advice. Um, another thing that I've, I've heard you say often, a question to ask in relationships that I think works here in this context is like, will this work? Yeah. Will this work? Yeah. Like, will you take care of me? And will this work? Yeah. And it's like, what will work here? Will this work? What will work here? Mm. What do I need to be or do to have this work? Different way of seeing the world. And then being willing to receive the awareness of, of whatever. Yes, whatever the point of view is. See, <laughs> most people do, do relationship the way you do horse. Take care of me. Not, will you take care of me? Yeah. No question, just a demand. Well, and it's funny because even in, in the, that conversation about the horse, like I, I just assume that the horse is going to take care of me. Like it's not, it, and I make the horse. That's greater. the way you create your relationship with man. And how often does that work out? Does it? <laughs> yeah. It worked. Well, it works, but just for a short period of time. Yes. Because for a short period of time, anyone will meet your demand. Mm. I love but that. you only got about an hour to an hour and a half in which the horse will meet your demand. Right. Then you better be getting off. <laughs> or it will make you get off. Yes. I love it. <clears throat> cool. Um, well, Gary, thank you so much for being willing to have this conversation. And is there anything else that you want to share with the people? Yeah. Never give up, never give in, never quit. Cheers to that. Never give up, never give in, never quit. So your relationship not should not be about you give, giving in to the first person who kind of fills the bill. Oh, this is a cute one. Or this guy has a big enough dick or whatever. 
I love that no? I can hear George's giggles. You can hear you can hear Georgia and Brett giggling in the background here. They think I'm funny. I don't know if I'm funny or not. Because I can't see enough faces. A few that I can see are laughing. And I like it. Amazing. Well, there's there are several people that if they're not watching it now, they will be watching it in the future. Because we've got about six thousand people registered. So well, see, I have the point of view that I say, you know, whatever I talk about is not for today and not for the people today. It's for the future as well. So I'm always trying to talk to the future people that will hear it or see it or whatever. Because my point of view is it ain't just for today, folks. It's for the future we're going to create and we will. Amazing. Thank you so okay. much, Gary, for taking time to have this conversation. Um, I'm so grateful and it's just the beginning everyone so um, if you're watching this now or in the future make sure that you have clicked your link to register so that you can get the recordings they'll show up in your Kajabi library as well as all of the future time date links for the conversations we'll be having um, next up we have Christopher Hughes and then he's well, terrible <laughs> it's true the worst <laughs> So One of my uh, favorite people in the world. Yep. Cool. And then we have Dr. Dane here as well as Simone and all of the relationship gender friends certified facilitators. So thank you so much for getting us started and delivering such a beautiful energy. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thank you so much, you sweet thing. Oh, thanks thanks for being so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thanks, all folks. Right. Bye, Bye, everybody. Everyone.